Good morning. There we go. <laughs> you have to do a decibel machine the next time and see how we do. Hey, I am Pastor Lee. I oversee our student ministries here uh, and have the privilege of doing that. Thank you. Um, but today I get the privilege of uh, sharing the word with you today as Pastor Brad, as you heard, is in class teaching our starting point. So hey, last week we started our newest series on 2 Timothy called Resilient. And Pastor Brad brought up a number of great points last week. But one of the things I need to make sure I do before I go any further is last week he brought up how he was going to bring ages into play where he was going to look at a certain age bracket as his child group as just older wiser people so because him and I are not of the same age bracket um, I am a little younger than he um, I decided to create my own age bracket to fit today at least and so here's what I create for my age bracket so for those that are 20 and under I'm going to teach you as my son or daughter for those that are 20 to 50, I kind of left a big age gap, but it's good. I'm going to teach you as my sibling today. And for those, and I got his permission to say this. For those that are 50 and up, you should be teaching me because you're old. Yeah. <laughs> In all respect, I love everybody of every age bracket. That's only a tease about the old thing. But in all honesty, right, like, you have more life than I do in the sense of experience, and so I hope to learn from you and take that in as well, whatever we can learn together, right? And last week as he kicked it off, though, he also gave us a great picture of Paul's heart for Timothy, how Paul would speak to Timothy, the things Paul sees in Timothy. And so he gave this list that, man, Paul saw the faith that Timothy had. One of the beautiful things of that when you read the beginning chapter is talking about how the importance of his mom and grandma poured on the faith. So thus, we hear the importance of family, right? Pouring on the faith the next generation. So grandmas, grandpas, aunts and uncles, moms, dads, there's a really important responsibility to pass on the faith, right? I can say that about my grandpa and, and grandma on my mom's side and, and, and that kind of thing. He also talked to uh, Timothy about not being ashamed of what Paul was going through. He talked about sharing in the suffering for the gospel. He talked about relying on the power of God. He talked about holding on to the sound teaching. And he also, in a great way, talked about remembering the gifts God has given us as he sends us out and asks us to do what he asks us to do. So today, we're going to carry that on, but before we do... Let's pray. So God, we just want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for this time we have together. We do thank you for the singing we get to do. We do thank you for the choir that's being created. God, we thank you for the other opportunities, such as baptism coming up and celebrating with people taking their step in their faith journey. God, we pray for those that are in class today at starting point. God, as they're learning about our church and the gospel itself, and what does that look like and mean for them? God, we thank you for even opportunities just to be together, like this craft day coming up later next month. So I just thank you for all these things, but we also want to thank you today that we get to learn from your word. 
So God, now as we dig in and we dive in together, God, would you just meet each one of us where we're at? And would you teach us? In your name, amen. So our series topic is called Resilient. And there's a reason for that. Life is hard, right? Life can be difficult. Life can have ups and downs. Life can make us feel like there's no end to whatever we're going through. It can even feel dark some days. But resilient is a great way to put this. And here's what resilient means. It means springing back, rebounding, returning to the original form. And so a lot of times, if you're like me, my wife will say it's like a funnel. Where like I get into these seasons of hard or these, these moments of dark or however you want to word it. And instead of hitting the restart button and living in the truths that we're about to talk through today, I seem to sink down this funnel and it feels darker and heavier. Anybody ever gone through a season like that? And it's interesting because when you pour liquid into the funnel, the, the, the liquid doesn't come back up, right? It'd be kind of weird if it did. But it doesn't. But for us that call ourselves followers of Christ, us that say we have a relationship with Christ, we actually get to hit a restart button and rebound. To spring back. To come to our original form. And our original form, honestly, is as a child of God. Reminding ourselves of that truth. And see, Timothy has these moments, and this is why we're going through this book too, because you're going to see different things come along as we dive further into the book. You're going to see false teachers coming along saying, hey, don't listen to him. What he's saying is not true. Here's the real truth, and here's not the truth, and all these things. You've got people not listening to him or respecting him because he is younger. You've got all these things going on, and Paul is trying to encourage Timothy to keep going through the heart through the difficult. He's trying to encourage him to hit the reset button and go, remember whose you are, like Brad talked about last week, and if you didn't get to hear it last week, it was really good, so I'd encourage you to go online and hear it last week. We come to this first verse in verse 14, so we're going to be in chapter 1, starting at verse 14, and it says this, guard the good deposit through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Let me read that one more time. Guard the good deposit through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Well, here's what guard means. Guard means protect against it being lost or damaged. So whatever this good deposit is, Paul is already encouraging Timothy, hey, protect this from being lost or damaged. That's part of your role. As a minister, that is part of your role as a follower of Christ. Protect this deposit and help it not be damaged. So what is this deposit? We would argue the deposit is the gospel or the truth of the gospel. And where we pull that out is if you read all Paul's writings, especially right before here in chapter 1, he talks heavily about the gospel. And being a minister, which Timothy is, that's one of the number one things he's to guard, right? Is the gospel. Hey, be brave. Be tough. Hold on tightly is what Paul is telling him. 
Don't let the gospel be damaged. Don't let it be lost. And as we're going to see more next week, as Brad comes back next week, you're going to see how he hands it off and encourages Timothy not just to keep it himself, but hand it off to other men so they can hand it off to others. And obviously over generations we get to where we are today. But he says, guard the gospel. Protect it against being lost or damaged. Don't let anything happen to it. Just as it's been entrusted to me, as Paul says, I, it's entrusted to you. And that's hard, isn't it? I mean, honestly, today, we can look at the Bible and go, well, that's great. But it's just as hard today, isn't it? We might not literally look at everybody in our culture and go, false teacher alert, right? But we might look around and go, what you're teaching probably isn't the right thing. Why do you think there's so much confusion in the church, if we're being honest? Not even just false teachers, but we just have all these views of what the Bible says, right? And it's hard some days to go, okay, what is truth? Is that truth? Is that just their opinion? Is that what they're studying? Where do they get their tools? Why doesn't every pastor have that tool, right? Like all these things come out. It's been entrusted. We're to guard it. Here, here's the beauty, though. This isn't today a message about pastors. This is today a message about good news, which you're about to get to, for you. Because here's the truth. We are all to guard and protect the gospel by how we live, by what we say. It's not just a title pastor or a title church director or whatever titles we have in the church world anymore. We are all together to protect it and guard it. So people hear the truth, know the truth, see the truth by how we live and what we say. But here's the beauty, and this is what hit me this week. So it says, guard the good deposit. Does it say through you? You guys can answer. Does it say through you? I can't hear you. Does it say through you? No. Okay, I'm not moving on. Does it say through you? No, no right? It says who? The Holy Spirit. Guard the good deposit through the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You want to know the beauty of that truth? You're not alone. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. He's looking at Timothy going, hey, you're not alone. You're not doing this alone. He's literally telling Timothy, yes, you are to guard it. You are to protect it. You are to help it not get damaged. You're still supposed to speak the truth, hold to the truth, what I taught you. But you don't have to actually do this alone. You have the Holy Spirit. Folks, today, you need to hear something. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you say you're following him or trying to follow him, you have the Holy Spirit. 
which means you're not alone. You've never been alone, honestly. You've never in your lifetime been alone. It's just at some point you had to accept you're not alone, which is part of the gospel. And after you accepted that, you had to keep living and believing in such a way that you believe you're not alone. See, the truth is God's always been there. From the beginning of creation, God has always been there, always is going to be there, and always will be there. And the beauty is, when you jump from Old Testament to New Testament, he sends in Jesus Christ, who's there. And then as Jesus Christ goes back to be with his Father, he sends the Holy Spirit. So when you have a relationship with Christ, you're not alone. And so when we go out these doors today to go out into our community and live out what we're calling ourselves as a church to bring hope and healing, you're not going out alone. You're actually going out with the Holy Spirit to live in the way God's called you to live and hopefully speak the way he's called you to speak. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me that I don't have to do this alone. I'll tell you, one of the things I was telling last service as I was up here, as I was pacing the hallway over here a lot, for whatever reason, I was just like not getting myself together. And I was like, God, I need your help today. I need your help to do this. And he goes, remember, verse 14, you're not alone. I was like, okay. But here's the beauty. Timothy has the Holy Spirit dwelling in him to enable him to carry out the ministry committed to him. Let me say that again. Timothy has the Holy Spirit dwelling in him to enable him to carry out the ministry committed to him. I have a big question for you. For those of you that are in the school system, do you believe your job is a ministry? For those of you that work in any food service, fast food or restaurant, do you believe your job's a ministry? No matter where you work or what God has asked you to do, do you believe it's a ministry? Because the truth is, wherever you go, whatever you do, it's ultimately God's. And he sends the Holy Spirit with you wherever that is. To share the gospel. To guard it, protect it. See, a lot of times you'll hear pastors talk about how hard ministry is. And the truth it is, it is. But I respect people that aren't in ministry heavily too. Because you guys are out there in culture literally trying to be the gospel for people wherever you're at. In our schools, at our restaurants, in the medical field, wherever else you work, for whatever else you do, you're trying to live out the gospel, guard it and protect it, 
And in a lot of cases, you're told not to. In a lot of cases, you're told you're not allowed to talk about it. In a lot of cases, you're told that this is how you behave, and that doesn't always go with what you believe the Bible say in your job. And yet, we're supposed to guard it and protect it. The beauty is, is you don't do it alone, and it's not on you, though. It's through the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. He helps you. He guides you. And I love these couple quotes that I read this week as I was studying. The first one says this. People who can stand tall and who will unashamedly testify about Jesus, they are unashamed of the gospel because in their weakness, they rely on the Holy Spirit. They join in the suffering for the gospel they are so overwhelmed by the gospel that they both suffer and stand tall. You hear that? They are so overwhelmed by the gospel that they both suffer and stand tall. Do you realize you can do both? There's days where I struggle. And there are days where it's hard to stand tall because I feel like I'm suffering. And there's days that I feel like Everything in life is good, and I can stand tall for Christ. I mean, if we're being honest, there's days where I come in here, and I'm like, I am ready to sing with Pastor Brandon. I'm ready to do these songs. Let's do this. Hands held high. Amen, 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 right? And then there's days I come in like, I don't really want to sing today. And it's nothing with him and the worship team. It's literally... Because something's happening in my week or day. And I literally come in and go, I don't know. Instead of hitting the reset button. And being resilient and saying, right now, I'm a child of God. And right now, there are hard things in life. Right now, things are going on in my life. It's true. But I'm going to hit the reset button because I'm a child of God and I'm going to rebound right now and I'm going to come back to this right now and be my original form and I'm still going to sing to God and I'm still going to listen to God and I'm still going to worship God. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit who has never, ever, ever what you're going through left you alone. Ever. But you can. You can stand tall and suffer at the same time. The next quote was this. The task of persevering the truth of the gospel is so demanding and difficult that human strength alone cannot assure it. The might and wisdom of the Holy Spirit will help them with the task. The Holy Spirit dwells in all believers and provides strength for them. How does he say provides? Or not provides? Who does he say dwells in? Who? What's the word? Is it on the screen? No. Who in this room does he dwell in? You got to hear this, folks. Everybody. Every single person in this room today and every person watching on our screens that has a relationship with Christ and says you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit literally dwells in you and gives you strength. 
Without the aid of the Holy Spirit, we are tempting the impossible. So full reliance on the Holy Spirit is needed. And that's why Paul says, through the Holy Spirit. Not through Lee Willis, or put your name in the box. But he says, say, hey Lee, guard the gospel. Guard the deposit. Protect it. Keep it from being lost. Tell the next generation. Keep it from being damaged. Help them see the truth. But it's through the Holy Spirit. I'm not alone and neither are you. Wherever you go, whatever you do today, whatever you do tomorrow or the next day, you're not alone. Anybody think that's good news? Okay, a few of us. I think it's great news. Because I'll tell you what, I would never want to get up here and try to teach you and the chances I get if the Holy Spirit wasn't here helping me do it. Because I'll, I'll fumble. I'll drop the ball. I might even teach untruth scarily. But it's only through the Holy Spirit that I could ever stand up here and teach the way it deserves to be taught. Here's a couple of verses I love about the Holy Spirit that I want to share with you this morning. John chapter 14, verse 26. In John chapter 14, this is actually the first time where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and starts prepping his disciples for who the Holy Spirit is. And here's what he's going to do, and here's how he's going to come alongside you. And he says this, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. He will teach you and remind you. So, my question to you today is, if you're not in your Bible, how can you be taught? And if you're not in your Bible being taught, how can you be reminded? Because these are the things that God uses. I don't know how many of you have done this. Anybody that's lived a while following Christ, you probably had these moments where you're going through whatever you're going through and all of a sudden a song pops in your head, a, a praise and worship song. You're like, oh, you know, not like that probably, literally. But yeah, oh, maybe, I don't know. But then there's verses that pop in your head, right? You don't know where they came from. Well, you know where they came from? Through the Spirit. He taught you through either a lesson on a Sunday morning or wherever you learn and through the Bible. And then he's using that to remind you. Why? Because you're not alone. You're not alone because he's always there to help you if you're willing to listen. Acts 1.8, one of the more popular ones about the Holy Spirit. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. So he teaches you, he reminds you, but he also gives you power. So you're not just this child of God that's learning info and be reminding of info. He's giving you this info to do something with it. And because he's giving you this info to do something with and he's not leaving you alone, he's also going to give you the power to do it and live it out. Amen? And then I'm going to paraphrase that part, and you'll be my witnesses everywhere. See, we're to guard and protect the gospel, but we're also to tell it and give it. 
And he's like, I will send you my Holy Spirit because I'm not going to ever leave you alone. You've never been alone. I will not leave you alone. And in that, I will send him to help you live this out. I will help you understand the gospel. I will help remind you of the gospel. But I will also give you the power and the opportunities to share the gospel. And Ephesians 1, which is fun because this is the church Timothy's at. Verse 13 through 14. In him you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, your salvation when you believe. The Holy Spirit's the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. What I love about that is if you ever learn anything about sealing, no one can ever undo the seal without the permission or authority. So once you have a relation with Jesus Christ, once you've made that decision to be a child of God, you are literally stamped and sealed as his. No one can take that away. No one can undo that. No one can damage that. As much as Satan would like to try to get us to believe that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is with us. We are not alone. And I would love to picture this scene where Satan tries to get Lee Willis's seal and tries to crack it open and go, uh-uh, dude. And the Holy Spirit's like, psh, 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 yeah. not today, dude. Uh-uh, he's mine. Get out of here, dude. But you're not alone. The hard thing about this, though, is not being able to see him, right? We see him work. A lot of us have seen things happen in a certain way to believe it, right? But I think one of the challenges for a lot of people I've heard over the years is I don't get to see him, so it's hard to always know. And I think it's not about knowing. I think at this point it's about believing. Do you believe you're not alone? Do you believe he literally gave you the Holy Spirit? Do you believe the Holy Spirit's going to teach and remind you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit's going to give you power to be his witness? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit has claimed you as his and nothing can affect that. Because you're not alone. But Paul goes on in verse 15 through 18. He gives examples now about people because here's the truth. It is hard to live out the gospel. Ask any student in high school or middle school. It is hard to live out the gospel. Because you're at school trying to be who you believe God wants you to be, if you're even trying to do that. And then there's other students that claim and say they want to follow Jesus, and yet you watch them, not to judge them, but you just see them not living that way. And you feel lonely. You feel alone. Even though you're not alone, you feel alone. I actually had a student in my last youth group at my last church it was very discouraging for him because they graduated and went on to their professions and went on to college or life. And he called me one day and he's like, how do I do this? And I go, what do you mean? And he, he's in his profession uh, can be a little tough some days to live out the gospel. 
And he said, here I am trying to live this out, what you taught us, what you poured into us. So I had him for seven years. I don't get every student for seven years. He said, I'm trying to do this. And yet on Instagram and other places, I'm seeing, I'm seeing other students not. And I said, well, buddy, you're not responsible for them. You're responsible for you. Doesn't make it easy. But I wish I had this in my toolbox that day to say, hey, come with me to 2 Timothy verse 14 because you're not alone. So he does. He gives this example. Paul gives this example of a group from Asia who has deserted him. Because if we're being honest, there are people when it gets tough that don't seem to stick around with us when it gets tough, right? Or we might be those people that when it gets tough, we might not stick around real long because it's tough. And then he gives an example in Osephus, or Osephorus, who was an example. He often refreshed Paul. He was not ashamed of Paul's chains. When in Rome, which was dangerous, honestly, at that time, he diligently searched for Paul. The truth is, this guy could have been arrested, beaten, all these things for trying to look for Paul. He found Paul. He identified with Paul no matter the cost. And he even shares how he was a servant in Ephesus as a minister of the gospel. He kept going no matter how hard and difficult it was. See, the truth is, we all have a choice. We all have a daily choice. Are we going to stick with the gospel and live it out so other people can have hope and healing, not just ourselves? Are we going to live it out because it's that important to us? Are we going to live it out because we truly believe it? Even in the hard time. Or are we going to desert it because life got hard? Can I just be honest with you today? Following Jesus or not, life is hard. Right? If you follow Jesus or not, life is hard. But who do you want to do this life with? Do you want to do it with somebody that will never leave you? Or do you want to do it on your own? Do you want to do it with somebody that will teach you and remind you? Or do you want to figure it out on your own? Do you want to do something with somebody that will power you? Or do you want to try to figure out how to be strong on your own? Do you want to do it with somebody that will help you be a witness? Or do you want to walk around trying to be? Do you want to be sealed, knowing who you really are and whose you really are? Or do you want to walk around questioning I don't know where I stand in this life. You're not alone. But what he does is he turns it back to Timothy and says, Timothy, if he can do it, you can do it. Because we all have a choice. Then he goes on to chapter 2, verse 1, and he says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, so be strong. Back to that before, right? Guard. Protect. Don't let it get damaged or lost. Be strong. But is it in himself? 
You guys can answer. I hope you know by now you can answer. Does, is it about himself? No, who's it in? Christ Jesus. But what in Christ Jesus? What's the key word there? Grace. See, this is the second piece of the good news. Good news, one, is you're never alone because you have the Holy Spirit. The second thing is you're never alone because you always have the grace of Christ Jesus. See, the same grace that forgives us and makes us holy is the same that empowers us to actually do what God calls us to do. It's a both. It's not just about getting a ticket and being saved. It's about empowerment. I'm not just going to save you. I'm going to empower you. I'm not just going to ask you to do something. I'm going to help you do it. Because grace is unmerited gift of help God gives to the needy. Undeserved favor and an enabling power. Folks, if you walk out of here wondering if you're alone, I failed you today. Because you're not. He sends you the Holy Spirit and he gives you his grace to empower you to be who he wants you to be. The grace to live out the gospel. The grace to speak the gospel. The grace to share the gospel all through his son who died for you, Jesus Christ. It is the means that we are saved and enabled to walk in God's will, but it's also the help to live all of Christian life. If he has called you to do something, he will supply the strength through his grace. Whatever that is, if he has really called you to it, he's going to help you through it. There's two verses I want to share as we close up today. One is back in Ephesians, the church that Timothy's at, Ephesians 6.10. The beauty of this one is it's right as the warfare starts. And he says this, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. So when you leave these doors today, as you go back out into culture, as you go back out into society, if you have a relationship with Christ, call yourself a child of God, you're going out with the Holy Spirit, you're going out with the grace of God, but be strengthened by that knowledge and live in his strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. Here's the truth. We as a church are trying to live out this vision of bringing hope and healing to our community. But the reality is, it has to start with us. I have to believe to have that hope. 
I have to believe that I'm not alone. I have to believe that he sent his Holy Spirit. I have to believe that I have his grace. And the beauty of that is, is as I live in that hope and that truth, healing will happen. But as we learn ourselves to grow in the hope and healing, that's when we go out and bring the hope and healing. Because there's a lot of people in Shelbyville and surrounding areas that need to know this truth, that if you choose to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not alone. You're not alone. He will give you the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you, to lead you, to teach you, to remind you, to empower you, to seal you. And he'll give you grace that will empower you to do exactly what he's asking you to do if you're listening and will follow him. So one of the things we're trying to do together as a church this series, you'll see these in the chairs, is we're trying to memorize scripture together through this series. So you'll see a little card through a lot of the chairs. And next week, Pastor Brad will pick up the series and he'll pick up verse 2. So we're getting a little ahead, but that's okay. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 2, this is what we're hoping and praying for this week. That you would listen to this, you would spend time in it, you would memorize it. So that way in time of need, God can remind you. So it says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And Pastor Brad will unpack the rest of this next week. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. My encouragement to you as we do this together, we learn how to hit the reset button. We learn to be resilient together. One way is by memorizing this. Another way is remembering the two truths from today. Overall, you're not alone because you have the Holy Spirit and you have the grace of God. That's how we're going to reset. That's one of my prayers even for myself, that tomorrow morning if something happens, I can hit the reset button and go, it feels lonely, but I'm not alone. I don't know if I can do this today, but I have the grace of Christ and start rebounding, and start coming back into who I really am. And that's my prayer for you too. So folks, you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. Christ's grace will empower you. And just like Timothy, we have everything we need to face the future if we hold tightly to God's resources. Let me pray. God, I do pray that for all of us, that we would be the type of people that believe this and to live it. That we would believe we're not alone. That we would believe the Holy Spirit is with us. That we would believe Christ's grace will empower us. That we will believe that we have everything we need to face the future, even if we hold tightly onto God. So God, would you just help each of us grow in believing that because it'll be a day-to-day thing 
Help us today to start with that. Help us tomorrow to do that and the next day. God, I thank you for this truth. I thank you for this good news that we aren't alone, that you've sent these things for us and to us. But God, would you help us also not to accept it and take it in, but would you also help us have the courage and the empowerment to also share it when you open the door so we can help more people find hope and healing in our community. In your name, amen. All right, well, that is it for this morning. So if you could do me a favor, for those that are able, will you help stack chairs so we can put them away uh, for our high school tonight? We would appreciate that. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week.